Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 13, Collaboration, Easier Said Than Done. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. Here's an observation from about 30 years of working with organizations and managers that most of them, if not all of them, want collaboration. It's kind of a no-brainer. When you think about people saying, break down the silos and let's work cross-functionally and all of those rallying cries, they're very pervasive. And in the virtual world, it's even more critical today. But then it gets hard and frustrating, seemingly endless. Collaboration is so easy to desire, but absolutely difficult to execute. But why is this? Because we know that collaboration, done well, of course leads to great trust and to creativity and to innovation. And again, in today's competitive environment, every business needs that. But to do collaboration right really requires focus and skill and also effective execution. Because collaboration is essentially to create, and creation can get super messy. We may have differing opinions on how and what to create, also at what speed and at what level of quality. Collaboration requires an intentional process and the application of some key skills. By using them, it speeds up the process of collaboration and it enhances the results. I bet you want to know what those skills are. Well, I'm going to tell you, (laughs) these are four key skills that absolutely I think are essential to effectively collaborating, but also if you're looking to lead collaboration, by all means, you need to apply these four skills. Number one is applying assertive communication. Assertive communication means that we're being really clear on our wants and needs and expectations, and we need to get other people to focus on theirs as well. What I mean by this is we have to get other people focused on their needs and wants and their values and concerns rather than their solutions. Because when we come together to discuss a problem or an opportunity or to collaborate, most of us tend to have a solution in mind. After all, we've probably thought about it, like what would be the ideal solution? And for most of us, we want to show up prepared for the discussion. So we have a well thought out point of view. And we're coming in like, yay us, (laughs) yahoo. 
But being attached to a solution in advance of the discussion or even the exploration of the situation, especially in a large group, is by definition a barrier to effective collaboration because we're thinking too early on about the solution rather than thinking about our common goal or common problem. Yeah, I know that really sucks. (laughs) So what do we do about it? We really need to learn to let go of our solutions. And, And by that, I mean identifying the solution too soon in the process of collaboration rather than being attached to it. And rather think about the following. What are our needs and the needs of people in the group, meaning what is essential or very important to them? Also, getting out people's wants, because there's a difference between a need, which is essential, and a want, which is a desire or a wish. Also, we really want to get out people's values. What is what is important to them? What principles or standards do they hold true or dear that are important in a collaborative process? And then lastly, what are people's concerns about the solution that's being created? What anxiety or worries do they have? I remember once working with a team, and this was a group of people who were project managers, and they were trying to decide on the best technology solution to use to manage their projects. And it was interesting because the manager was trying to foster collaboration because they were using two different technology systems. And we were trying to get at not which of those two technology solutions was the best, like let's pick A or B, but it was really more about understanding what were their needs and wants and values and concerns. And then how did we find a technology solution that would fit a common goal for the group? But what was so interesting is they were like, uh, what are we doing? So we have to be really deliberate about telling people that we have to tease out those needs and wants and values and concerns first before we pick a solution. And the manager that was involved in this process did it really eloquently. At one point, he said, hey, we're asking you all of these questions because it might not be solution A or B both of those technology platforms, we might choose something completely different based on your needs and wants. So let's start figuring out what that would look like. Because a lot of them were confused about like why we weren't just talking about the pros and cons of those two technology systems. So that's why it's so important for us to get out those things first. And of course, to do that is skill number two, which is asking really good questions. This is going to help uncover what people care about in the areas above of needs, wants, values, and concerns, because we really have to get into people's heads. We have to understand their thoughts, which a lot of times they don't want to tell us out loud, especially in a group setting. We could go from one extreme to the other where someone is so outspoken and they have so many ideas and so many needs and wants. And then other people that don't want to share their thoughts, either because they don't feel like it's going to make any difference, or they're reluctant to do so because maybe they fear judgment or fear of having a bad idea. So if you're leading a collaborative effort, absolutely great questions are your best friend. Skill number three is you have to listen fully and mindfully. 
You might know the old saying, I think this is by Stephen Covey, that he said most people are listening to respond rather than to understand, which is so true. And the reality is listening mindfully is really difficult. I've actually, I'm attaching to this uh, episode, a listening style exercise. See if you know the difference between various listening styles, but also what is the most effective one for collaboration, because the results may really surprise you. And then the fourth skill that is going to be super helpful for collaboration is to use critical thinking. Critical thinking means we're focused on the quality of our thinking. It doesn't mean we're just thinking more or harder. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that. I just need more time to think about this. I need more time. I need, I need to think harder. And, and it's not about thinking harder. It's about thinking how we're thinking. We are stepping back to examine our thoughts. And in collaboration, this is important because we may be influenced by the past or social pressure or even our emotions. And we have to make sure that we and our team are focused on facts and evidence. We have to be really mindful of biases. I am endlessly fascinated by cognitive biases. I really am. And that just means that biases are an error in our thinking. Biases just mean that we have an error in our thinking that affects our choices and our judgments. And those tend to be really unconscious. They're very hidden from our view. They pervade our thinking every day, and they also influence our ability to collaborate effectively and lead collaboration. And there are literally hundreds of cognitive biases. I'm putting a link to um, some common ones, but here's some examples. And I am confident that you have experienced some of these before. One example of a very common bias is called a confirmation bias. That means we seek out and we find information that supports our existing beliefs. And we could ignore evidence to the contrary. I think about this when it comes to, let's say, interviewing someone and someone that you really trust says, oh my gosh, you're going to meet Fred tomorrow and you're going to love Fred. Fred is amazing. And let's say you're the interviewing manager. So then you meet Fred tomorrow and oh my goodness, you are going to be looking for all the reasons why Fred is amazing. You're going to look for evidence that confirms what that other person has told you. So of course, this also affects us during collaboration. Another bias that's very common is overconfidence. And I see this a lot when the more experienced we are as managers or leaders, or the more we've facilitated projects or done brainstorming, we can have overconfidence. And that is a bias. Overconfidence really reduces our openness to other people's thoughts and ideas because we believe too strongly in our own. It doesn't mean we come across as arrogant. We can do this in a very kind, dignified way, but it doesn't mean that we don't have that overconfidence bias. Another one is the group think or bandwagon effect. This means we want to fit in. We want to conform to social norms and social pressure. We don't want to be the odd one out saying, I don't think that's a really good idea, especially if we're in a situation of collaborating where there's people that are more experienced than us or have more power than us. That might be intimidating to say, hey, I think I might disagree with that, or I do disagree with that. Sometimes it's hard to say. 
So there are tons of examples out there. I put a link also to a Mind Tools article about trying to avoid psychological bias because it is so pervasive in our, not just our everyday, but particularly in collaboration, when you're bringing a group of people together to try to create something new, biases impact our ability to do so effectively. As we step back and examine collaboration, I'm confident that you want more of it in your organization and your team. I'm also confident that you want to be good at this. And if you're good at this, oh my gosh, this can be a differentiator from a leadership perspective. It does require mastery and learning and focus. So what we discussed today is that there are four key skills that are going to help you be not just better at collaborating. So if you're in a situation in which you need to collaborate, one is just using these skills all the time in meetings and in particular collaboration meetings. But also if you are leading it, you absolutely want to use these four skills. And one is making sure we're applying good assertive communication that we are getting out people's needs and wants and values and concerns. And we're bringing those voices to the table. Second is we have to ask great thought-provoking questions. We have to get all the thoughts out of people's heads and into this process and experience for it to work well. We also, number three, have to listen and really note not just what people are saying, but what they're not saying as well. What is their body language? And in a virtual world, oh my goodness, that is so difficult to do. So we really have to rely heavily on reading body language and tone of voice because we can't see all the body language. Mostly right now in the virtual world, it's facial expressions, but even noting the nuances in facial expressions can be very helpful. And then the fourth skill to great collaboration is using critical thinking. And that means that we're willing to step back and examine the quality of our thinking and other people on the team, and that we're really cognizant of all the biases that affect our ability to solve problems and to make decisions. I think I could spend a whole podcast, and maybe I will in the future, on biases and how much they affect us. Because once you're on the lookout for them, oh my goodness gracious, you're going to see them, and you're going to see them a lot. Just know that collaboration is a skill set and there's a practice to doing it well and doing it right. Collaboration is messy and it's frustrating. And I think for all of us, we just have to know that that is part of the process. Part of the beauty of creating something new is it's going to get a little ugly. And in the end, it's going to be totally worth it. Because you know that feeling when you've created something new with a group of people that have come together and everyone shares in that energy and excitement, that's what we want. Thanks for listening to this podcast and remember to download the listening exercise. I think you'll enjoy exploring the different kinds of listening styles. Also join us next episode where we're going to tackle the concept of empowering. Yeah, again, this is another area that we say we absolutely want to do, but giving up control can be super hard.